ready for a new and exciting topic? The Real Estate and Mortgage Show is back with your host, Walter Montero. He's a real estate and mortgage agent in Ontario, implements internet marketing strategies, and offers an online course to invest in private mortgages. Let's listen to this fascinating episode. You will surely learn much from this talk. Hey folks, how you doing? It's Walter Montero here from The Real Estate Mortgage Show. Thanks for tuning in this week. This week's show, I'm interviewing a guy by the name of Brian O'Neill. Brian is a real estate investor, coach, and podcast host. Uh, he specializes in creative financing strategies to purchase properties, offering flexible solutions to, for both buyers and sellers. Uh, when Brian and his wife experienced some of the common challenges of selling their home many years ago, they knew there had to be a better way. So Brian helps other sellers in similar situations by providing them with alternative solutions to sell their home that the traditional market cannot solve. He helps to solve their real estate problems and move on to the next phase of their lives. I hope you enjoy the show and thanks for tuning in. Yeah, so this really all stems. My, my real estate journey really all comes from a personal experience that my wife and I had with my primary residence back in 2015, okay. where the market was still a little bit a little bit shaky, like we were in yep. recovery mode. I bought that house at the top of the market before the 08 crash in 2005, and it never recovered. So I lived there for almost 11 years, and it never recovered. Well, we, we had purchased a new home, a brand new build, what we're living in right now, and committed to it. So nine, 10 months to build it. And we had to sell this house. I couldn't, I could only carry two, two loan payments for so long. I, I, I wasn't going to be a, I wasn't going to rent the house. So we, we did what most people do. We, we hired an agent, we listed conventionally and we weren't, we listed at a number that was probably a little bit above what the, what the market was, 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 you know, asking for at that time. And we weren't getting a lot of traction. So we did what everybody else does or what, what the normal move is. And you just lower it until someone raises their hand yeah, and says, I'll take it at that number. And that started to get more aggressive as we got closer and closer to the date where we had to commit to this, this new house. So that particular scenario, Walter, we were expecting to walk away with about $40,000 of equity. At the end of the day, after everyone got paid, realtors, you know, attorneys, closing costs, we got $4,000. Wow. And I said to my wife, I literally, I, I did never forget it. I said, I could have done that. Like, I didn't need all these people to do that. I could have done, yeah. there's got to be a different way to do this. I didn't know what, what, the, what it was at the time. I discovered it later, but I knew there had to be something different. Like there's so many people in that scenario. I think that just, you know, lower the price because they have this fear of two, two loans or writing yep. a check at the closing table. So that's really how I got started in this. Okay. Gotcha. So let me ask you what, what, what eroded that? What, what, what ate your 36 grand? What was that? It was, it was lowering the price, number one. And then again, the fear of getting closer and closer to, okay, I'm going to have to carry two mortgage payments. And the bank telling me that, you know, we can approve you. However, I didn't want to have to pay an extra, you know, $2,200 a month on top of what I was already paying. So we just got really aggressive with the price, which, you know, there was some pressure from the agent. Yep. Which again, I don't, I don't blame anybody for this. I, I wasn't educated when I went to sell my house. I think this is widespread over all over where people are not educated or they align with the wrong people. So I'm, I'm all about providing education and knowledge for buyers and sellers so that they don't go through what I, what my, my what my wife and I went through. Cause that 40 grand 
could have been like a college fund for my kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not now. I mean, I, that, that 4,000 is long gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get it. So what's the alternative? What, or, or is there, or is there more than one? There is the, the alternative for me at that time. And there's a, there's a lot of sellers, even in this crazy hot market, you know, which is the media doesn't tell you these stories. The media never tells my story. They tell yeah. the story of, you know, you put the house on the market in 25 minutes, you got 10 offers, a hundred thousand dollars over asking no, yeah. that, that story sells, not mine. Yeah. So the alternative for me was if I knew of a term structure and when I say terms, I'm talking seller financing, lease, lease options, um, owner financing, they're called different things in different states or different countries. If I, I didn't need that money, like I could have waited for that $40,000 and there was someone out there who would have been able to give me the 40 grand. I just might've had to wait three, four, five, six years for it. I would have gladly taken it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So knowing these alternatives, you would have been able to, I guess, circumvent the, those additional costs at the last minute. I would have been able to do accomplish a few things. Number one, which is super important, is I, there would have been a seamless transition from the existing house to the new one. Yeah. Okay. I sold my house. I had nowhere to live. I had yep. to put all my stuff in storage. So I bought three storage units. I lived in a hotel for 45 days with my wife and my five-year-old son at the time that's a pain in the neck. So if I had somebody that said, okay, we'll buy the house from you, Brian, we'll, we'll, we'll lock in the 40 grand. We'll give it to you in five years, whatever it is. And we'll pay your mortgage every month and we'll cover the house. You can move on. I mean, I would have saved, not only would I got 40,000, I would have, I spent another five grand on the hotel. I probably spent another thousand dollars on the storage unit. So I, I would have got, I would have saved all that money. So the four grand that I got there, there's where it went. Gotcha. Now, uh, just on a side note here. So let's say you would have entered into that agreement mm -hmm. and, you know, you would have waited out the time like you, you were planning. Is, is that agreement assignable? Could you have just sold that contract to somebody else and, and gotten your money or, or is that even possible? Sure. The, the way, and, and this is what I do now. Like I help sellers who are in my situation or similar situations where the conventional market didn't, doesn't solve their problem. As far as it being, as far as the agreement that my buyer would have had, is it assignable? It, it, it depends. Some of them are, some of them aren't. I can, I can say that I don't have assignable agreements. I keep all of them because there's, it's, it's, it's more lucrative for me as opposed to just flipping the contract or wholesaling. And plus I'm not allowed to do that in Illinois because of licensing issues. Oh, I see. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So basically this is a source of revenue for you or yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're solving a real estate problem for the seller. Again, look, Walter, I'm not lost on the fact in most markets, people are going to do what I tried to do, which is 98% of the people are going to try to sell conventionally and they're likely going to, going to be successful at some point, whether it's their number or a higher number or a lower number. It's the people, you know, we talk a lot about the market. We, we hear about it all the time. And, you know, a friend of mine told me the other day, I asked him about the market. He says, he says, the market is, is just, it just is, it's not good. It's not bad. It's not evil. It just is what it is. You have to change your approach, especially if you're an investor, if you're a buyer, if you're a seller, same thing, you have to change your approach and adapt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody is a seller and I mean, they can go out and, you know, as you say, get 10 offers in an afternoon or in 25 minutes, 
why why would they go this route? Why why would they do this? Great question. They wouldn't. They're not they're not my buyer. I am never ever ever going to be able to help a retail buyer that has their home is 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 ready is show ready. That that's going to be the conventional market, and okay. that's okay. But I can tell you definitively. And again, we're talking about the media that they don't tell you these stories in any market, any market you have death, divorce, downsizing, job loss, job relocation, you have, and, and that's just a handful of, 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 of major issues. There's tired landlords, there's people who are in forbearance, the foreclosures in the United States are, are going to be way up because of all the COVID relief that people took. Yep. There are people who are underwater on their mortgages. They owe more than the house is worth or right yep. what it's worth. It doesn't matter how hot the market is, you're not going to solve that problem. So those are the people that we can provide an alternative solution to, not not the not the bucket of folks that you had just mentioned, which is, you know, hey, good for them. I, you know, people are getting great prices for the houses right now. Okay. So so I'm going to ask you some some hard-hitting questions here. Sure. So if if I'm if I'm one of those people that is in a situation where I can't, you know, sell the property the way that I, you know, that would be a perfect world so to speak, how do I know that I am, you know, as a seller not being taken advantage of? Yeah, it's anything that what what protects me as opposed to just saying, okay, forget it. I'm just going to take my lumps and just get the heck out of here. Yeah. And there are folks who say that to us too, Walter, and you do have to do your due due diligence as a seller. Again, I have a a podcast and a website, a YouTube channel that talks all about education, not just for terms, just for when you're selling your house conventionally and, uh, and as a buyer. So you need to do your research, you need to do your due, due diligence and make sure that you're aligning yourself with the right people. Like you got to take ownership of that. Like I got the four grand because I made mistakes, not because I, I blamed everybody else. Yeah. Um, now, at, having said that, to answer your question directly, we're not looking to take advantage of everyone. We're looking to solve a specific real estate problem. And we're, we're also making money too. I'm not ever going to be shy about that. But as far as protections, it would really depend on what their specific situation is. A lot of people that are, hey, just come take the keys, they're behind, right? Like yeah. they're going to give the house back to the bank anyway. So they're behind yeah. on their payments. We can get them caught up. We can take over their payments. They can move on with their life. If someone has equity, if a seller has equity like me, I got 40 grand or I got $100,000, you want to make sure that your agreement is reviewed by an attorney. That would be what I would look at, number one, to make sure that this is a viable option and you as the seller, you're protected. You know, most of these lease options that we do, Walter, the deed stays with the seller. Okay. The obligation is fulfilled. So they don't have, all they have to do is evict versus foreclose. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So for all intents and purposes, they are still technically the owner of the property. In, in a lot of cases, in, in almost all cases on a lease option, they are the owner and they would I'm, never give tax advice, but they still would get the benefits of ownership gotcha. from a tax purpose. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And, and how long do these sort of transactions take to unfold? Like at the end of the day, when, when is somebody actually absolved of the, of the ownership and responsibilities of this, these properties? 
Yeah, great question. So it, de it, it depends. So I'm going to go into two buckets. So one is the seller who has a little bit of equity and is not in a terrible amount of pain, but they want to protect what they got. And maybe they can't sell that right or they can't get the price they want. Those transactions typically take anywhere from three to five years to cash out. Now, the other bucket is people who own their house free and clear, which is roughly a third of all houses in, in, in the United States. I don't know the stats in Canada, but the United States, it's a third. Yeah. I, it, I, I think it's about the same here. Yeah. Yeah. Those can be, I mean, as long as the seller wants to go, you can do 30 years. I mean, the seller can act as, as, as the bank. I'll say this about owner financing and, you know, some people like it. Some people don't. I can tell you that if you do the math, if you have the ability to, to wait for your equity and sell your house on seller financing, you will get way more money for, for your house. Not a little bit, like a significant amount more, as long as you have the ability to take payments versus this large lump sum. Yeah. I mean, look at your truth and lending statement on your mortgage. You see how much you pay for a loan. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So where, where do you find, how do you find your your, uh, your prospects? How do you find these people? Sure. Uh, several different ways. And the most, the most common is active sellers. So people actively trying to sell their homes. We have expireds. I think the rules are a little bit different in, in, in Canada. You don't have access to expired listings. Yeah. We got uh, access to them. We just can't call them. I can't call them. That, <laughs> I think that's what I, that's what yeah. I meant. But you can mail them and you can, yeah. You, there's, yeah. So versus, and, and that's something that I do. I do, we do mail, but we do call we call for sale by owners, for rent by owners. There's targeted, that may be a, a, bad, a bad phrase, but there's lists that you can pull. You know, I say this about a buyer too. Like if you, if buyers are having a difficult time buying houses conventionally, like if you want to buy a house in a neighborhood bad enough, like you'll take the steps to get there. Like you yeah. can put door hangers, you can do Craigslist ads. You can, there's a lot of things you can do versus just looking at what's available for sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off-market direct-to-seller is the way to go. And, and that's kind of the way that, that we approach it as well. There are a lot of people I think that would want to sell, but haven't or aren't selling because they have a specific situation. All those reasons that I mentioned before. Yeah. Yeah. I know we even run like, you know, obviously being a realtor myself, I mean, we run into situations where, you know, you have somebody that says, you know, do I, do I really need to put us put up a sign or, you know, I really don't want my neighbors to know what's going on or, or, you know, sometimes you do have somebody that wants to sell, but, you know, they, you know, they obviously, for whatever reason, it could even be work related, that they have to keep, you know, that information discreet. Yeah, so we, we, I, I totally get it. I, I, I know the animals exist for sure. Yeah. And you yeah. call it, do you call it the private network there as well? Or is it something? Yeah, there's, there's people that, that participate in this space. And to be honest with you, as a, as a realtor, with, you know, not as many options as you guys have down there. It sometimes puzzles me to see people enter into these transactions because it's my belief that they're leaving money on the table. But as I said, there, they could be in situations where, you know, not everybody's top priority is money, right? So everybody wants to get as much as they can for sure. But at the same time, there could be, you know, situations where, you know, they would take, you know, a little bit less to not expose their cards, so to speak. 
Completely, especially if you have, you know, if it's a divorce situation or yes. an inherited yeah. property. I mean, inherited yeah. properties are big that, you know, the family just doesn't want to do, they want to move on, right? Especially yeah. if yeah. It, there's their parents' house. I just want, they want to move on. So those are sure. situations where you, where you can, you can solve a problem for the sellers. Yeah. 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 Yep. No. Okay. So, I mean, obviously I, I get what you're doing on the investor side. How do you help people on the coaching side? Where does, where does that come in? Sure. So we, we help them, we help them set up this business and, and do exactly what, what I'm doing. Right. So as you, I think you had Chris on the show, not too long ago, Chris Prefontaine is yep. my coach. Yep. So we, we teach students how to set this business up and scale it. And okay. it really all, we try to keep it very, very simple, especially in the beginning. I mean, we have a lot of folks who come from corporate America, have had successful jobs, and they're tired of that. And they're looking to do something on their own, start their own business. And real estate is their, is their chosen path. We really want to make sure that they understand that the phone, again, you can't call sellers and you can't call expireds there. But here, you know, you have to have conversations with people. And I always, when I, when I coach a student, I talk to them, I say, look, because everyone's afraid of the phone, right? I've been on the phone for 25 years. I was in sales for 25 years. You have to treat it as like, what would you do if your neighbor put a for sale sign in the yard? What would you do? You go over and talk to them. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What's, yeah. Where, where, what's the situation? Where are you going? Where are you moving? Yeah. When do you, yeah. when do you need to be there? Like, you know, I, that's what, when I talk to sellers, that's the kind of stuff that I talk to talk to them about. And if they have a problem, they'll uncover it. They'll tell you, and then maybe you can solve it. If they just want, you know, top retail price and they want to sell and, two days. It's a very short conversation. Yeah. I'm looking yeah, for yeah. people that have specific problems. Otherwise I don't, I don't waste their time. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Very good. And so what, if, if somebody wants to get involved in, in this type of business and you know, you say you, you coach them and you help them scale, what, what does this normally, what are the steps and what are these costs? What are the costs in doing so? Sure. Okay. So when you're asking costs, you're talking about costs to run the business? Or? Uh, yeah, it, all of the above. I would say running the business and even getting involved with you guys. Yeah. So costs of running this business, a terms business is, is low because with a couple of things, when I started, I had, I had one VA calling for sale by owners yep. and my, your overhead's very low. I was doing this while I was still working my full-time job. So just to give you some some rough numbers. I mean, you can run it for under $500 in the US, cheap. which is pretty yep. inexpensive. So your education yep. is going to cost you a lot more. And, you know, that's going to range, you know, that's our, the course that we offer is about, it's half, it's a 497 plus we have a, a monthly recurring fee. And that gives you the, all the steps, like we have 13 modules in there that teach you A to Z, how to set up the business, the agreements we use, the scripts we use, the, the whole thing. And then if you want to become one of our students, you know, there's different levels and we can talk to you further about what that looks like. But I would, I would number one, really soak up all the information, the free information, because you have to make sure that this is something you want to do. A lot of real estate investors make the mistake of trying to be a Jack or Jane of all trades. Hey, I'm going to flip. I'm going to wholesale. I'm going to do uh, seller financing. I'm going to do, I'm going to buy apartment buildings. That was me, by the way. And mm -hmm. then you end up doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the first step I'd give any, the first piece of advice I give to anyone is get clear 
of what it is that you want to do, go to that lane, find a coach who's doing it, a mentor who's doing it, not who did it 15 years ago, who's doing it now and doing deals now and focus on that for a minimum of three years and, and, and you'll be successful in my opinion. Gotcha. So, yeah, so there's, there's all kinds of different approaches here. You've sort of got to decide on which one sort of resonates with you. Mm-hmm. And then you, you specialize in that field and, and you take it from there. And just avoid the shiny object syndrome. Like, you know, sometimes yes. I still think about, you know, buying apartment buildings. I can now because I know how to, de- how to do them and buy and, you know, do seller financing, but I'm really, really focused on this specific niche because it takes time to build and scale. Yeah. Yeah. Now your VAs, you're, you're typically, these are probably individuals overseas, like the Philippines or something along those lines. Yeah, you got it. I have a couple of VAs. I have a local assistant here as well in the States, but I have VAs that help me with my admin and help me with my lead gen and my, and my phone calls. And I mean, they're tremendous. They do, they do a great job and you know, it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm honored to work with them because they, they really, really put forth a tremendous effort every, every single day. I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful for them, but yeah, they're doing a lot of the grunt work. You know, I did it in the beginning. They're doing it for me now. And I'm talking to sellers who are motivated. Very good. Very good. Okay. So if somebody wants to get involved with you, then what do they, what do they have to do? Where, who do they reach out? Obviously, yeah. I, I think uh, even with Chris, uh, I think he had mentioned he has some, some videos online that they could even sort of get a preview of and, and that sort of thing. Correct? hundred percent. So I would, I would, I would direct your, your listeners to, to two spots. If you want to learn how to buy and sell homes with no money down, none of your own cash, none of your own credit, I would go to Chris's site. It's smartrealestatecoach.com. The free master's class would be forward slash master's class. So smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash master's class. If you want to learn more about what I do in terms of how we educate buyers and sellers, I would just go to my website. I've got the links to my podcast and my YouTube channel. And you can also get in direct contact with me if you, you know, want to talk about a specific situation as a buyer or seller. And that's bkwpropertysolutions.com. Okay, perfect. And do you have a social media presence at all? Anyone you prefer? I do. It's the same. It's the same name, BKW uh, Property Solutions. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. And again, if you go to the main page, uh, on our website, you'll have links to all of those uh, social media outlets. And we're putting out a lot of content for sellers and buyers too, because it's difficult for buyers to buy houses right now. So we try to give them some alternative solutions and, and ways that they can get into a house that, or even a neighborhood that maybe they didn't think they had an opportunity to otherwise. Awesome. Good. Good to know. Yeah. Awesome. Now, was there any questions that I didn't ask you that I should have, or anything that you want to add? You know, I would just say that if if you're if you're looking at this market as something that may be maybe too difficult for you to navigate through as a buyer. I mean, it's great for sellers, right? But I think a lot of buyers are frustrated. I, I hear it all the time that they can't find homes or even sellers who are not selling their house because they think they can't find another house to buy. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of alternatives. And I think that's where it's important to partner with the right people. And I mean, agent, right? I'm talking conventional sales, right? There's, there's a lot of solutions that a great agent can bring to a seller 
to help them get to the next spot. And if, if that continued, in, in my opinion, if that continued, you'd have a lot more buyers who weren't so frustrated because they'd be able to buy houses. I mean, I, I think you would agree that a lot of sellers are not selling because they're, they're afraid they can't go somewhere else. Oh, a- absolutely. I mean, that's, I, I think that's part of the inventory challenge that, mm-hmm. you know, I think if, if they had somewhere to go, you'd have quite easily, probably 20% more houses on the market than there are. But everybody's afraid to take that that jump because they they need somewhere to go. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very challenging for sure. It's a great point, and there there's always alternatives, there's always solutions. You just have to you know you just have to partner with the right people. Awesome. Very good, Brian. It was great meeting you. And Likewise. I, I found your your talk very informative. I I, I have a feeling that you're going to see more Canadians fly south with the Canada geese. Bring them. Thanks a bunch. I mean, <laughs> I got a bunch of them in my backyard. So uh, awesome. Very good. Yeah, Very it was good. a great, it was great to chat with you, Walter. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, so we'll we'll wrap that up from here. And then what I'll do is I'll get my uh, editor to uh, clean this up. I'll put mm-hmm. the intro on the front, and then I can give you a heads up of when we're when we're live. Yeah, super. Great. Okay. I appreciate it. It was great chatting with you. And, and you know, I think we had talked about doing a swap. So I don't know if you had it booked yeah, something I will, or not. Or... I will reach out to you and then we will we'll arrange something for uh, for you to do the same. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I, again, I have a bunch of, I have realtors on the show all the time. Because again, I'm, I'm all about educating the, the, the traditional people because that's who listens. Perfect. Sounds good. All right. Have a great Thanks one. Very much. You have a great day. You too, Walter. Bye now. Bye now. You've reached the end of another episode of The Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Connect with us at therealestateandmortgageshow.com. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter to get instant access to our new updates. See you at the next episode.